Hey y'all and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Um, this week we have a special guest, someone who I've known seven years but just reconnected, um, Lindsay Walters, and she's gonna share her story and just have a conversation. So welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, so as I always say, you know, everyone's got a story, struggles, and no one's alone. You know, but a lot of times we feel like we're alone and. And that goes unhealthy coping skills and um, just feeling ashamed. You know, definitely. I know that from my story, um, but just welcome to and glad to have you here and um, for you to share your story for our listeners and even me to, you know, just learn some more and get educated on some stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I think a little bit of my backstory, which kind of where it all began, I guess. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Wisconsin and, um, Green Bay Packers fan, unfortunately. Yeah, Packers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when I was born, I was born with hair. And then when I was two years old, it all fell out. Um, it fell out pretty quickly. So I don't remember much of like the original like diagnosis or anything. Um, but eventually I was diagnosed with alopecia universalis, which is an autoimmune condition, total body hair loss. Again, don't really remember much of that until I went to preschool. There was no one in my school or community who had alopecia and social media wasn't a thing. So there was no way to. <laughs> we were just talking about uh, growing up with social media and it was MySpace. Yeah. And then Facebook. And yep. now it's evolved, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. And so now I think it's amazing what social media can do because it's so easy to connect with people. But at the and time. This is the good of social media because yes. I've talked about the negatives of social media. But yeah. So positive now. Yes. Being able to connect with other people. Um, um, kind of back then I'll kind of age myself. So I'm 32. So that, you know, was when that was like in 1990, 1992. So a long time ago. Um, but yeah, so I wore a wig from a super young age just to kind of fit in with all of my peers, just not having like the resources or the education. Um, I always, it never really felt comfortable. I like fully like me, but I didn't really know like how to talk about my alopecia, talk about my hair loss. I felt super isolated, lonely, and it was just really hard to navigate. Um, really thankful for, for sports. That became something that was such like a healthy outlet for me. I really struggled in school with my peers. Um, just because I was bullied and teased a ton. Um, not, you know, I have universalis, so that's total body hair. So like, I don't have any like eyebrows, like they're tattooed on now, but at the time I didn't have any eyebrows. Um, I have very little eyelashes, a wig, you know, my wig always looked like a wig. Very pretty by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice of you. Um, so, you know, it was just hard. Like kids would bully me. They would make fun of my wig. They would call me a boy. And mm. for me, that just like hurt me to my core. That's like the one thing even today, like people have made that comment to me. And I think it's just something that I like really struggled with those kind of feelings. And I definitely allowed people to bully me. I didn't have the confidence to like stand up to them, not in a mean way, but even just like to say like, that's not very nice or anything yeah. like that. I never told teachers or my parents or really anybody just because I really kind of felt like I deserved that and the things that they said I like felt it was true mm. um I didn't have the most um like the greatest support either and so a lot of times you know I was told and really made to believe that girls were pretty when they had hair and so it's just like a lot kind of taking that on not talking about those feelings letting them kind of bottle up for 
years. Um, definitely not a healthy coping mechanism. Um, but at the time that's kind of all I knew. And so kind of fast forward through like middle school, um, I start playing basketball, which was like such an incredible blessing. I, you know, had this like natural talent and, you know, it became such like a focus for me. I, you know, I did super well in school, but then like playing basketball, I wanted to be like the best player in my high school. I wanted to play in college. And I had like all of these like hopes and dreams, like through basketball, I was gaining confidence in myself, just like through sports. I Mm -hmm. think sports are so amazing. You know, they teach you so much about just like hard work and determination and just everything that kind of carries over through your adult life. And so, you know, I wouldn't say the bullying stopped, but it just bothered me less because I had the game of basketball to focus on. And I was just so focused on that. And, um, yeah, I had a really great high school career. Um, got several scholarship offers to play in college, which was awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah. So eventually chose Minnesota Duluth, um, played college basketball up there. And I think that, you know, like when you're in college, it's kind of the time where you're kind of by yourself, you're kind of figuring things out, you know? And I had some really, really close friends who are still like my best friends today. And I remember just, I mean, yeah, I went to extremes like with my alopecia, kind of looking back with it, especially like playing sports. I used double-sided tape. Um, it's 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 for wigs, but it is kind of tape that like really sticks to your head. I used wig glue for it to just stay on my head just because I would sweat a ton. And then I would have to go in during halftime and like take my wig off and like dry my head off with a towel and I would have these like open sores. It'd be bleeding and like pussing. But for me, there just was like no other option to like, you know, um, and so, yeah, looking back, just went to very extremes like with that, but like, that's like what I had to do to like keep my wig on and like to keep my alopecia hidden. I told very few people about it. Um, again, it's just something that I like really struggled with. And even in college, I think that also was really hard just because I was kind of at a point now where I was like, you know, I've had alopecia basically my whole life. Um, and it just, yeah, it was just really hard not knowing how to talk about it. I think people also were probably the meanest to me in college with it. Mm. Um, it just was like such a fear of mine as far as like telling someone about my alopecia. I was always afraid of like, you know, people rejecting me from just whether it was like a potential relationship or even just like a friendship was always like such a fear of mine. And I think, you know, I think back to this time that I'll like never forget and it kind of sticks with me, but I just remember I had like this huge crush on this guy and like we were in the same major and like all this kind of stuff. And we were like huge basketball fans and like he asked me out and I was like so excited, you know, we were like seeing each other for like a couple of weeks, but I always had this like anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to tell him about my alopecia. I was like, no, like he's so nice. Like it's going to be totally fine. But I like had to psych myself up for like weeks yeah. to tell him, you know? And I just remember, like, before I even, like, finished my sentence, he was like, you don't have hair. I could never date someone who doesn't have hair. And to me, it was just, like, said that, like to my face. And it, it's something I'll never forget. And it just was, like, tra- my... traumatic. It was. Something even that small can be traumatic. Yeah. Something that sticks with you yeah, for life for is traumatic. Yeah, and I think I had made progress with just slowly starting to kind of accept my alopecia or, you know, kind of telling people about or just doing things like that. But that definitely put me back like a lot just because it was like my biggest fear come true. Um, and so 
Also in college, um, you know, when I was like done playing basketball, I, you know, there was this marathon that was always in Duluth, Minnesota. And I was never a runner before that. Like I remember the mile in PE and I hated it. I was like, I'm not running this mile. Like I just, I did not like it. See, and I liked that, but now I don't yeah. care to run, never have cared to run except for the mile. Yeah. So I think it goes opposite. I was about to say yeah. it has to. It's opposite. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so I just remember seeing like the marathon every summer. I'm like, wow, a marathon. That's so cool. I'm so like internally competitive with myself, mm -hmm. just again, being an athlete my whole life. And so I was like, I'm going to run this marathon. I didn't train. I didn't drink any water. I just was like, you know, I was just running. I can run, um, which is so naive. Like looking back, I'm like, how did I, how did I do that? <laughs> you know, did you complete it? I did. I did in four hours. <laughs> it's better than I've ever done. I've never done one and never will do Yeah, one. definitely. If you're going to run a marathon, you should totally hydrate and drink lots of water. And I've heard you carve up the night before. Yeah. I like ate so much spaghetti. I don't even really like spaghetti or pasta, but I was like, oh, I better eat all of this pasta the night before. And now I just, it was just, yeah, I don't recommend that. I just think do what works for you <laughs> is what I've learned. Stick to a training plan or yes, something. Train maybe. for the race. Don't just like roll up and be like, I'm just going to run 26 but miles. You can do it since yeah. you did it. So yeah. Um, but honestly, <laughs> but I a lesson just, learned. Yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> but honestly, during that marathon though, this like, it was the most incredible experience. I think the running community, something that I love about it so much today is just like how different everyone is. Everyone looks different. We all train differently, but you all come together for this common goal, whether it's like super fast or slow, doesn't matter. But like just crossing the finish line is like such a huge accomplishment. And I just remember, you know, it is like an individual sport, but it's also has this like great community vibe. Like I got so many high fives and hugs and it was just so amazing. I felt so supported than I ever had like in a game of basketball. And I was like, you know, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, I'm going to be a marathon runner. And I didn't know like what that really meant. New or aspirations just, in yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I never thought like, you know, I wanted to run that marathon to like cross it off my bucket list and be like, I'm a marathoner. But it totally just was like this incredible stepping stone that just opened so many doors and opportunities for me. And so after that, I started to research on how you should train for marathons, <laughs> just like all of this. And I loved running marathons all over the country. I think for me, it just was so fun to be in a city that I didn't know. I mean, I love to travel first of all, Same. but secondly, just being somewhere where no one knew me, no one, you know, knew my alopecia. No one kind of knew my story. I didn't feel like people were looking at me or, you know, things like that, that I had definitely struggled with. So in a way, I guess it was to kind of escape my like kind of alopecia life, mm -hmm. but kind of the more I was running, the more I was just like getting confidence in myself. I was meeting so many incredible, just like supportive people, like in running. And that really kind of helped me in my alopecia to eventually accept and embrace it. You know, I kind of gave myself like just like small little goals like, OK, like go to the grocery store without your wig on, you know, tell some people about it. Just small things like that. It slowly was like building over years, but also like through running really helped me to like just accept and embrace it. And it has been awesome ever since, you know, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like my alopecia journey. And I think um, like through running in sports and once I was, you know, marathon running and I was like, okay, like what's the next like big goal we can do with that? I just had this like confidence with it. And I'm so grateful for that. I think also God has shown me like so much, like, you know, you like you have this alopecia and I never really saw it as like a gift. I saw it mm -hmm. as like this really terrible thing and I hated it. And I was like so angry with him. I was like, why me? Like, 
I'm a good person. Like this, like, this like, isn't fair. Like why, you know? And I think I spent a lot of time being upset about it. And now today I'm like, you know, I always say like alopecia is the greatest gift I never knew I needed because it has made me like so empathetic towards other people. I know what it's like to be like judged just by the way I look, um, to be like bullied and just like not really have people like see you, but like, you know, kind of make a snap judgment. And so for me, I just know what that's like. So I know never to do that to someone else. And I think kind of experiencing that first hand it really changed like my perspective and just like my heart for people um i started a pen pal program called Lindsay's little pals for kids and teen with alopecia hmm. which has been awesome i have pen pals all over the country wow. and yeah so it's been amazing just to kind of like give back and be that person that i needed when i was younger um but yeah so that's kind of my alopecia journey <laughs> wow that's exciting um but yeah i mean god gives you struggles or we look at them as struggles and hardships but it's a blessing and opens doors and conversations to where you can touch other people with your story um so do you have the 26.2 sticker on the back of your car (laughs) you know i don't i'm not i feel like i've ran too many marathons now that i just i can't just have a sticker what's the number of marathons so i just finished my 51st jeez how many (laughs) states have you you know I don't really do the whole state. Is there a goal to do one state. in every state? Or um, is it just, I'm just running them now, kind of? Yeah, I mean, I'm super competitive with it. So, like, for me, the London Marathon is next. Oh, wow. Um, which International. Is in April, which is in April. I'm so It's my pumped. birthday week or month. Oh, so. Well, happy birthday. Wait, when is your birthday? April 2nd. Oh, this is the 23rd. So, okay, well... <laughs> So you can, you'll win it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, it's my birthday wish. But yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I think, yeah, just like, um, definitely. I just always try to like run them well. Like I always want to like PR. I want to break three hours in the marathon. Mm-hmm. That's like my goal. I think with that running, that's something that I just have loved so much about it is that there's like always a goal, you know, like whether it's to, you know, qualify for Boston to like set a PR to like break three and then kind of jumping over into like ultras, which after you run marathons and then ultras was like the next step. Uh, I've heard of those. <laughs> and it's just amazing. I feel like until you experience like a, running a hundred milers, which is my favorite distance. I think why just, is that your favorite distance? A hundred. So, um, okay. So it sounds kind of crazy, but it's just like the thought of like running all through the day and like running through the night. I love that. I think it's just like the mental side of it. Cause you have to have a lot of like willpower and just like inner <laughs> yes. strength to like run through the night and like not sleep. And just, you know, I just, I mean, and that's like definitely where I thrive is just like doing that. I think just like the mental toughness from like having alopecia and just like playing sports. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a huge strength of mine. And so like, I like, I'm excited. Like when we get to like, when the night falls, I'm like, yes, here we go guys. And so for me, it's just fun and enjoyable just because it's like very few people will attempt that. And just knowing that I've like been able to do that and like win 100s is just like such an exciting feeling. And I feel like ultras, there's like always more to do. There's so many incredible races, um, but yeah. Wow. Hundred miles. Um, so you're you've been in Charlotte. You, uh, I met you at Forest Hill. Um, so what are you doing now? So I am a run coach. Um, case anyone wants to train for marathons or hundred milers, let me know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Very fitting. (laughs) Um, and then freelance, right? Um, I feel like something too that kind of how that came about was never really knew like how much I enjoyed writing until I really started doing like a devotional every morning and then just like writing. And it just, for me became like so therapeutic. And I had this like huge passion for writing. I was asked to like write my story in like some big like publications, like 
Kate Magazine, like Women's Health and things like that. Um, And kind of like through that, just that kind of gained some attention. And then just having the opportunity to like freelance and a lot of other things, obviously like health and fitness are like a huge passion of mine. And so being able to do that as well, kind of how all that kind of came together. And I feel like it was just totally like a God thing because I didn't even know that was like a huge passion of mine. And then so many doors and opportunities, especially when I started to really accept and like embrace my alopecia was like kind of when all of those, you know, doors started to open um, and just, you know, yeah, like kind of doing all of that. So, yeah. So what does your support look like now? Cause I mean, even with me and my story, every day isn't easy. I still have struggles. They're different from what they were before. Um, so what does your support look like now and how do they help you and have come around you? Yeah, I think for me, I have like the best friends, um, my my college friends who were the first people that I really told about my alopecia, who were nothing but supportive. Those people are still like my best friends today. I all unfortunately live in Minnesota, <laughs> I, but I can't move back there. It's too cold. Um, but yeah, just having those super great friends. I do have a really great community here in Charlotte um, that I've met like through church who just shares like my same values, which is so important. Um, I think too, just like also having running having this like really healthy outlet, something that I love to do. I love like setting a goal and like working towards that. So I think having that, um, but yeah, as you said, every day, like, isn't easy. Um, I'm definitely like confident and thankful for my allocation today. Like there are still times where, you know, someone will make a comment to me or like, I see the way like people stare or like do a double take. And like, it definitely can be like very, like kind of feeling self-conscious sometimes too. I feel like that's just kind of natural. And there are definitely times where I'm like, oh man, like it's just kind of hard, you know? I think it's hard to just to not, you know, compare myself to someone else. I can't say that I've, you know, never seen someone be like, wow, she's so beautiful. Look at her hair, you know? And I think, and I do sometimes, and I also wonder like, oh, what would I look like? Like if I did have hair, like would my hair be long? Would it be short? Like what color would it be, you know? Um, But yeah, I think like that's just like a natural thing. And I think like recognizing that and also like I tell my pen pals all the time and remind myself too that like, you know, we're all given emotions for a reason and you know, it's okay to not be okay. Like I think we know when those feelings like do come up just like recognizing that and like wherever it's coming from just like know it's okay you know yeah i mean it's okay to not be okay as you just said um because everyone's got stuff going on um and everyone's stuff and struggles look different from the next person um so it's awesome that you know you've gotten the confidence and you're you know willing to write and talk about your alopecia to help others. Um, so the pen pals, um, is it all ages and kind of what is some stuff that um, you know y'all talk? I mean, obviously the emotions, but is it kind of support and helping? Have y'all gotten together ever, like or zoomed or kind of what does that support look like? Um, yes. Yeah, so it's kind of, so it's just me writing all of the letters okay. just because it is like really personal kind of private information. Um, I do appreciate everyone who offers to help and who like donates to it and just like all of that. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of pen pals all over the country, mm. all ages. It definitely is more girls than it is guys. Um, but yeah, kind of just like whatever it is that they need, you know, some people, it's just like the beginning stages of their alopecia and they like, just want to know someone who has alopecia. And so sometimes, you know, it's talking about just like getting to know kids and just like knowing that like they have a friend in me and just kind of like gaining that like trust and friendship. So it's talking about like what they're doing in school or like unicorns kids love unicorns like which mm-hmm. i'm i'm learning um, <laughs> 
so it's, sometimes it's like that but then it's also like really serious that conversations yeah. especially with like some of the older kids as well just you know the struggles of like alopecia being in middle school and just kind of what that looks like trying to navigate like wearing a wig how to style it like makeup all that comes with it um which has really also like transpired into like a lot of parents who will call which I'm like so happy to like talk with them as well, but also being a resource to parents because I feel like that, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I would think that would be so hard to like watch your son or daughter, you know, lose all of their hair and know that there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so just kind of being a resource as far as however I can help someone. Um, yeah, I lead a support group here in Charlotte. And so we try to get together. Um, we do Zoom calls and just however I can kind of be available to them. But yeah, it's kind of pen pals all over the country. They've came to some of my races, which has been so cool. I it's love awesome. it. Um, but yeah. Nice. Um, so are you do you wear wigs now at all? Or are you 100% without wigs? Like, because you talked about the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you still have people that are stare or make comments. And I mean, that can obviously still affect you. Um, so what is that like yeah. for you kind of now with having confidence? But then sometimes, you know, you're like, that hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so I do still have my wig. I've had it kind of in a box for years just because it also costs like two thousand dollars like wigs are expensive wow, and especially when it's real human hair um it's super expensive it's not covered under insurance because it's considered cosmetic even um yeah it's cause it's cosmetic insurance so, I have, they're yeah. good but then i don't like <laughs> them yeah and, you know yeah and so for me like i just i don't want to like throw it away but i'm just i mean so if i ever meet someone who would like a beautiful long red wig i would love to give it to them um but so yeah i have it but it's been sitting in a box for a super long time um and i think yeah i definitely feel the most confident like without my wig on i feel like when i was wearing my wig i just always knew like i had this like huge secret and so for me it's not how i felt confident but i just it's kind of all i knew and so yeah i haven't worn it for long time um and i definitely wouldn't go back to i guess maybe never say never i guess but i mean i have no plans to like wear a wig um i guess yeah i've had to like try it on for just like this photo shoot thing i was doing and it just it felt so weird to me like i was like i can't believe i used to wear this like this is yeah whereas like for the longest time like that's like you know i was like you know, it's like all I knew it was like my security blanket. And then to kind of have this like full circle moment where I was like, I can't believe I did that. Like that is not me at all, you know? So it's like really amazing just to see like the growth in that. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's like where I'm at with like alopecia now. But I think, you know, it's important to also note that, you know, the goal of alopecia, at least like in my opinion, is like to not not wear a wig. It's to be confident in whatever your journey is for me for a long time it was wearing a wig and i know people who wear a wig and like that's how they feel the most confident you know some people to your bald head maybe it's like you know super stylish like scarves and things like that you know i just think whatever is right for you and like makes you feel the most confident because you're the one that has to like live it day in and day out and you have to like endure like the stares and the comments and kind of all of that so whatever you can do to make yourself feel the most confident it doesn't make you less of an alopecian because you wear a wig or because you want your hair back you know like there's nothing wrong with that um but for me this is kind of where i'm at now yeah because you have to have the confidence and um you know and we met at forest hill um i don't know if you want to talk about this but i know with even inside of churches it's um it's not i'll I'll say it can turn people off churches can turn people away from christianity 
and we were talking prior to our recording and even inside the church you were getting stares and how was that i mean a church is supposed to be a safe place but sometimes it can be the most a place that's the most judgmental yeah um I will say, you know, this is something that I go back and forth on a lot. I feel like it depends, one, on my mood sometimes. That's for <laughs> um, everyone, I think, but... <laughs> you know, in all honesty, and I think it depends on someone's approach with it. Mm -hmm. I also understand that for a lot of people, they do mean it coming from a good place. Like, maybe they know someone who you know, was sick with cancer or, you know, something like that. And like, so I always try to extend people grace, but again, it just depends. But I think for me, it happens to me. And I kind of went through this season actually maybe like two months ago where just like at church, I volunteer there. I'm on the prayer team, which is something that I love and is like so important to Tell me, I met you. but yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, had people coming up to me and asking instead of like me praying for them, they were coming up asking to pray for me because I'm sick. And I think for me, you know, that's hard because I know like people meet, the majority of people like mean it from a good place. But then for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, I mean, do I look sick? Then I like feel self-conscious about myself. Like why would someone ask me that? And I think sometimes it is kind of overstepping boundaries. I think, you know, sometimes you're kind of, at least for me, if I see someone I'm out and about, I can, you know, see clear, maybe someone's going through something. You can silently pray for them. Like you don't have to make that, you know, like make that bold move unless you're confident <laughs> yeah. in it. And I think for me, sometimes I'm like, no, like I'm fine. It's alopecia. And like, I don't always want to share my story. And I think sometimes it's like such a reminder of like how different I am. Like, I don't even really like see my bald head most of the time, but then someone makes a comment and it's like, oh yeah, like I, I look, forgot I'm bald. Right. I'm like, I look so different. Like, of course. It's like for yeah. a man, you don't go up to a woman and say, Hey, when are you due? Yeah. What if she's not pregnant? You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a hundred percent confident, like you just, you just don't. And I think sometimes too, like it's also like very self-serving for like that person, because I also have a lot of people who will just give me the most like disingenuous comments or like compliments, but it's like to make themselves feel good. Like I just, I think back to this time I was literally wearing like a white t-shirt and this person came up to me that is the cutest shirt I've ever seen. And it had like a hole in it. Like it's like, a Hanes t-shirt from right. 20 years ago. Yes, I was like, <laughs> thank you. Like, you know, and it's like stuff like that. I'm just like, you're doing that to like make yourself feel good. Yeah. Again, I'm or like, you, I, I got caught staring. So I have to feel right. like I have to say yeah. something. Yes. And I mean, I do try to extend people grace, but I think sometimes too, like when it happens like so much that it just, I don't know. It honestly just kind of depends on the person, their demeanor and like, yeah the whole situation uh, yeah um so when i met you um for me i don't want to say i was living a double life but you know i kind of was like i had one foot in the church door and one foot in the world and i've said before sometimes it was 90 percent in the world and 10 yeah. percent in the church um and I was dating a girl back then who invited me to Forest Hill and I'm glad she did because um, that was kind of when I was able to get back into the church as I grew up in the church, as I've uh, mentioned and great Christian family. And when you go to college, you said you're on your own, figuring yourself out and, um, you know, and tragedy can happen. And how do you deal with that? Um, you know, me, it was drugs, drinking and just being wild and um you know and for you is like you said it was just kind of not having that confidence you know double tape and glue you know for basketball games with 
scabs and you know <laughs> enduring what you had to to get through um but when i came to forest hill i just remember you know i was like i want to be in church but people are going to judge me you know because if they knew who i truly was they wouldn't accept me you know and it only got worse my story and then it was like I definitely don't want to go to church because if they really knew, then, you know, what are they going to think? I'm not like, I want to be accepted and loved and, but they're not going to, no one's going through what I'm going through. And, um, but just, I remember your smiling face and outgoing personality. And sometimes I was just like, she needs to calm down. Like, you know, like I wasn't in the mood to, cause, yeah, yeah, and, I get that. but you know, and, but it's, the faces and smiles like that, that I remember. And that meant the most to me because it was like, they were there, you know, they didn't care if what I was going through. I mean, they did, but they would have welcomed me with open arms. Um, but then you do, as we just talked about, have those people who are making those comments to, you know, self gratification or whatever. And it's tough. Um, but we're both on the other side. Um, we still have struggles, you know, our stories aren't over until we are called home. Um, and, but we've been given, you know, the struggles that we've had, um, and have the health, um, to help others. So, um, yeah. Um, so what advice do you have? I mean, you've given a lot of advice, but for our listeners, maybe someone who has a health issue that they're scared to talk about or someone that's just, you know, lacking self-confidence because of image, you know, or whatever it may be, just what advice do you have for a listener, our listeners? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, like we all have something that like makes us feel self-conscious, whether it's like a season or maybe that we've had like lifelong where we all go through things and like we all, you know, have like these insecurities and it's just like natural. And I think like also like everyone, not everyone, most people's biggest fear is just like being judged or like being rejected. And I think even thinking back to like when I like first met you, like I never would have thought like that double like life that you've talked about and your story is incredible. Um, but you know, I never would have like thought that. And I think like, it's too, like, you can just like look at someone, but you don't really know like what they're going through. So it's just so important to like, never judge someone because like, I never would have thought that. And I would have thought you were dealing with confidence issues and and everything you've talked about. Yes. And so it just kind of shows like, you should never judge someone because you don't know. And like, you should also like never make a comment or like intentionally be mean to someone because you don't know, like how that could trigger them or like what that means just because again, behind the scenes, like we really have no idea like what people are dealing with. And so, yeah, just being friendly and outgoing and like a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) But that stuck out to me and it really wasn't that much. It was just, I was dealing with my own issues. That's okay. (laughs) Um, But I would say, yeah, just like, kind of like pinpointing what it is that like you feel subconscious about and like recognizing that. And like, I mean, first of all, it's like, natural everyone like goes through it and like you may think someone isn't but like everyone has dealt with like insecurities and all of that but then just like getting the help that you need or like finding a healthy outlet or just doing something like not sitting in that and letting it consume you and just knowing that there is like so much more to you than whatever it is that you're like struggling with and like if you can make a change and it's something you know like that you can change about yourself then like working towards that you know that goal or just like whatnot but like if not then like just know like you're created like in god's image and like you're beautiful and you're worthy of just like all of the things and like you're not less than anything 
I mean, you deserve all of the great things in life, just like we all do. Um, It's just like, yeah, but I think you also, you know, need to find something that you can focus on and like, you're not your insecurity. Like I'm not my alopecia. Like it's what I have, but it's not mm-hmm. like who I am. You know, I think of myself, like, I don't think of like my alopecia. I'm like, Oh, like I'm a runner and I have all of these other things that I like love to do. I think it's just so important to not be defined by that like, one, like negative thought we have about ourselves because like the way we see ourselves, like, I feel like at least for me, like, you know, my alopecia, I think it was like, you know, 10 times worse than like what someone else thought. They're like, oh, alopecia. But for me, I always felt like it was just like this huge negative thing. Whereas like people probably didn't see it as dramatically as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we always see our insecurity like so much worse than like what someone else does. Um, but yeah, I think also like we also choose our attitudes and like we choose our perspectives. So like if we're going to choose like the victim mentality, then I mean, then that's kind of on us. Like we have to like wake up every day and like, yeah, of course it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun, but like, we also have to choose to like, to be positive and like, you know, to think of everything that we have that like, we're super grateful for. Like for me, every morning I wake up and I'm like, you know, writing down my prayers, but then also like praises every single day of like things I'm thankful for. And I think for me that really helps just like start the day on like such a positive note. And so, yeah, just like choosing your like attitude with just our circumstances. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And, um, Everyone can resonate with that. Um, so real quick, though, but just the mental health side, as you've talked about, you know, growing up, you know, two years old, your hair started falling out pretty rapidly, you said. And then, you know, being picked on and bullied, just the mental health side of that. Um, I know the confidence, but like, I mean, was it like a consistent kind of struggle where there's the ups and downs? And, you know, what did your family life look like? Like, were Obviously, I would imagine, you know, they were very supportive and helpful. Maybe not. Um, um, I don't know. Like, um, You know, I think just being so young, I can't really speak on that as much because honestly, yeah. I don't really remember True, like my yeah. thoughts. But like I would say the time I was like grade school, I definitely remember a lot as far as just like not really being like confident and just being like super shy and reserved, but like, that's not my true personality. No, it's <laughs> but, not. <laughs> but like, you know, at the time I just was so like self-conscious and I think just not really knowing like mental health kind of like at that time. It wasn't talked about yeah. for us growing up. It was kind of, yeah. I don't want to say hush hush, but yeah, it just, wasn't, there wasn't much knowing of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would say, yeah, I definitely dealt with a lot of like feelings of like isolation and feeling mm-hmm. lonely and like outcasted. Um, but again, like you just said, um, kind of, yeah. And I, you know, I never thankfully went to like anything with like a deep depression with my alopecia or anything like that. But Good. there was like definitely super hard like seasons. And I know people that really have, um, but I think, yeah, just not also having the support was super hard too. Mm-hmm. I think also no one really knew like how to talk to me about it just because again, like there wasn't support groups that like wasn't, in the mirror, like you didn't see people, you know, on TV or really anywhere that were like bald or, you know, had alopecia. And so like, I didn't talk about it, but people also didn't really know how to like talk to me about it. And I think it was just like this really awkward kind of tiptoeing around situation. Um, and so I think it was just hard, like all, all around. Um, and then kind of, as I got older, I feel like it has become such like a good filter for people. Mm -hmm. I remember like my, 
I mean, like a Facebook post of like when I, you know, wanted to tell everyone about my alopecia because I was like, this is, I feel, I feel this, like I remember that. Yeah. I was like, this will be the best way for everyone to know. <laughs> um, you know, besides the people I had told and I was like so scared and it was like one of the most eye opening experiences. There was like so much support and love, but then there also was like such a handful of people that I never thought would be mean. How can you were, be mean to like, I mean, I'm, I just don't ever expect the unexpected, but yeah, but how, I did so not so naively. I didn't really think. I but mean, how can I, some? It's like some. I have cancer, and how can someone be mean? Right. Just you know what I'm like. Yeah, and I think like when you like that's not your like personality, but means someone when someone at least like for me, like even today, like when people are mean to me. I like try not to take it personally and it's definitely something I am working through because I have a hard time with it. Same here. And like, you know, and I think it's just something like when you would never treat someone poorly, like when they treat you poorly, you're just like, oh my gosh, like, this is so sad. You know, um, but I just remember there was like so many people who were like super negative about my alopecia and were like, no, you should totally keep wearing your wig. You're so much prettier with your wig. And then I was like, oh my gosh, did I just make this huge mistake? Like, should I? And I think like for me, like that was just like the hardest thing was like, you know, kind of having like second thoughts about that. I was like, no, I worked so long to like make this decision and like to get to this point. But then to like have people be like telling me that I was like, oh my gosh. And so that was hard. And I think just like the mental side of that, I mean, and also just like having a mentor who I've been able to talk to and like really share things like free of like judgment has been like so healthy for me. Just, you know, someone who like doesn't know like my backstory. Um, and now like we have become like friends, but I mean, at the time I was like, I want someone who's like so far removed from um, just you know my life like I don't want a friend like I just want someone Telling who's going to be party. honest yeah like for me Dr. Dodd mm -hmm. yeah and just having someone who I was like really able to talk to and could just like share things and like not worry about like being judged or anything like that I think like that's important too is like just having someone there wow I mean I can't believe people would say comments like that I mean you would be surprised the, the backhanded yeah. comments like I mean and my mom when I told her um I guess a year and a half ago, maybe, I guess a little less than a year and a half ago when I was thinking about starting the podcast, she was like, Oh no, I don't think you should do that. Like people might judge you or what if you, and now she's my biggest supporter. She's like, I can't believe I made that comment. Like it was just, I was just worried because I know how much you have been through and what if people judge you for this or you speak on that. And, and I'm just like, I, I'm ready to share my story. Like, I died and woke up off life support. Like me sharing my story can maybe help one person. And like you said earlier with your pen pals, the parents calling, and then you have the um, kids who you write and correspond with. Um, you're able to help those parents. I mean, the kids as well, but the parents also need the help. Cause how do you, I want to say handle, but support love oh. and educate. And I mean, open your arms when they've had a rough day at school because they were bullied. Um, you know, I've people, parents have started to reach out to me and wanting to, you know, get advice and grab coffee because they have a child who has been, you know, struggling with addiction for 14 years and they're at their ends with this and, um, you know, or kids who are in high school and their parents are like, now, what do I, how do I help my high schooler? And so that's one thing that I've really enjoyed. I mean, it's sad because everyone's got stuff, but you look on the outside and it's like, Oh, everyone's 
has a great life, you know, but yeah. once you open that door that's closed off, it's no one is living the perfect life. Yeah. You know, the highlight reel. Yeah. Um, like I used to say, um, Sunday mornings, you know, how many families were fighting getting ready for church and in the car. And then once that car door shut, all smiles were the Joneses, you yeah. know, how many people in the church, if people were honest, would admit to that yeah. 80, 90%, I don't know. But, um, so it's been cool. Um, because I can't speak to someone who has alopecia, um, can't speak to someone who has cancer or who has dealt with greed and uh, price fixing, or even when my parents came on, I can't speak on, you know, to parents who have a child who, you know, addiction, who have been locked up, you know, life support. I lived it, but I can't speak to the parents, um, on how to, how my parents handled that. Um, there's all the other different stories. So for me, this has been amazing. I didn't know where this would go. You know, it was like, I want to tell my story and it kind of started off. It was like, I want to tell my story. And then it got, well, maybe this can, you know, this, I can get famous and bit like, <laughs> you know, it was the, the, I love it. The, 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 yeah, the, the negative where Satan still was seeping in and yeah. was like, this is good, but you can use it for this. And, and then, as I mentioned before, people were like, you should have guests come on. I'm like, how are they going to relate to my story? Yeah. But then it, over time, it's like, everyone's got a story. Yeah. I can't relate to yours. You might can't relate to mine. I can't relate to his, hers, but with listeners, someone can relate to each story. Yeah. And even though I can't relate to yours, I can pull something out of yours mm -hmm. and that can help me. Um, so it's been cool, therapeutic, and I'm getting to meet a lot of cool people. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. and just to see how positive people can be with coming out of their struggle and using their story for better rather than woe is me and playing the victim card, which I mean, we've all played the victim card at some point, but it's, are you going to stay that victim or are you going to overcome that and use it for God's glory? Um, so it's been an honor to have you and just reconnect. And like you said, I never thought, was it seven years ago, maybe, or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess I don't like, even know. Six, seven years. 2015. I think I was dating her, um, that girl. So it had to have been around yeah. 15, yeah, 16. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so long but I remember ago. it was the, Cause you would come up and it was the first time visitor, the VIP parking or whatever, uh, yeah, and yeah. you yeah, and your team were over time. there. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I think I even eventually signed up for that. You uh, did. You were one of my volunteers. <laughs> and I was probably, I don't know if I was there every Sunday. I was, you weren't. I, 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 I probably wasn't. <laughs> I was probably kidding. maybe in the hospital some mornings or what do you know, but uh, had an excuse of why I couldn't yeah. come. But um, so real quick to so your basketball, what position did you play? Shooting guard. Okay. Did you break the thousand point? I did. I thought I saw an article, yep, so I was yep. confident on asking that. <laughs> yes. I went with it. Um, and then who's the better player of all time, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Dwayne Wade. All right. All right. That's fine. I, was... I watched him play at Marquette growing up and he's just ah. like my all time favorite player. Um, I lived not far from Marquette. So yeah, Dwayne Wade. Um, it's the best player. So I'll take that. But between LeBron and Michael, to settle. I'm not settle. a LeBron fan. Okay, good. MJ. All right. MJ a thousand. That's what I want. And I went to Chapel Hill. They're not Hill. even comparable. No, they're uh, not. And 
but I just don't understand. I think it's the new age generations. Yeah, LeBron. the game is so different. Like you have, you know, the super teams now, and that has just like destroyed the NBA. Though I still love the NBA, but the super teams have absolutely destroyed the NBA a thousand percent. And so like the game is like so different. So you can't even compare because like the Correct, stats are different, the teams are different, like just the whole game. But still, Michael Jordan. Like it's just it's not even comparable. I agree. It's just and, it's not. Um but like I said, I went to Chapel Hill yesterday. Um okay. The, oh. Yeah, they were playing Notre Dame. Um, and Duke I was, won yesterday, too, by the way. So. They should have lost. But, <laughs> but they won, so it's fine. They won by one point. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It wins a win. <laughs> Boston College. That would have been a huge that win. Was, uh, that was <laughs> stressful. <laughs> it was. Because we, we were watching on the way back from uh, Chapel Hill. Yeah. Um, but in something that I've prayed for for a while now is community. And so through this podcast, I've been able to get a lot of community hope community church being in a small group like today. Um, you know, I was tired and I was like, I might just sleep in and not go. And I just felt the Lord saying, no, you need to go. Um, and so I went and texted my sister afterwards, um, which, you know, you mentioned boundaries earlier. She's someone who had to, and I've talked about this before, set the biggest boundaries to where I thought she hated me. But she had to protect herself. She loved me that much. Um, So hopefully one day she'll want to come on. But if not, someone can come on and talk about boundaries with me. Um, But I went to church and I texted her afterwards and I was like, I'm so glad I went. Like, I loved it today. And I've been going regularly, but with the holidays, it kind of gets your schedule. Exactly. Um, And walked in a little late and instead of sitting in the back row, I walked up to the front, not front row, but like three rows from the front (laughs) and sat behind a guy. And when I first started kind of, or my struggles became known to the family and some close people. Um, I, I can't remember how I met him. Um, but got connected with him and he kind of helped me in the beginning when I was at Dilworth center and going to some AA uh, meetings and just very um, successful, very personable and just really showed me that, um, you know, you don't have to have substance to have fun. You can, you know, live a clean life. Um, you can get married, <laughs> like you can have kids, yeah. <laughs> um, have a good job and, you know, still, you know, have fun hobbies, but he sat, his family was sitting in front of me today at church and I hadn't seen him in forever and just got to reconnect with him. And, um, since I last saw him, I've gotten a new phone number, you know, and that was in 2019 and that didn't really stop because obviously more of my story, you know, happened or the negative part of my story that I share happened. So changing my phone number didn't really help. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it put a pause on it for a little bit. I don't know. Um, but was able to, um, just reconnect with him and, um, and then people in the church, cause for a while, like I would go to church and then just sneak out afterwards. Um, partly because I didn't want people to judge me. And then also it was just more recent. It's like, you know, I just don't know many people here. I want to, I want to get plugged in, but this isn't Carmel Baptist where I grew up. I can't walk in every few minutes someone's talking to me um and but today and i had a meeting afterwards with a guest that's going to be coming out next week um which will be exciting um he's from ghana and was a hindu 
and now a Christian and is a pastor and minister. So it'll be exciting to hear his story. So stay tuned for next week's um, story with Jai. But um, people were coming up and talking to me and it would like, I just felt like on fire for the Lord and just so happy that I went because something I've been praying for is community. Um, but going back to the Chapel Hill game yesterday, the Barn Brothers I go to on Tuesday nights. Um, and when I say I've been praying for community, it's he doesn't always answer your prayers the way you expect it to or be when, done or when, you want. Or when yeah. exactly because I've been praying for the career and I'm still looking for a job in between. You know, I have a career coach thinking about maybe getting a master's in social work. Um, so I mean, it's still it's tough right now. Like my days can get long you know, not working. Um, but I know that the Lord has something planned or he would have called me home when, you know, April 25th, whenever I was on life support a year and a half ago. Um, but a guy yesterday and he doesn't look, he's almost 50, but he doesn't look 50, but invited me up to the Chapel Hill game yesterday. We rode up, hung out great day. And, um, so my community is not what I expected or prayed for, but, it's amazing. And, you know, he does answer your prayers. He hears them. Um, it's not always right then or, or how you expect, but he does answer them. Yeah. Um, this has been cool. Um, again, to see how far I've come and then hear other people's stories like you and just how far they've come and what they've had to endure. Cause no one, ha- life's not easy. You know, no. <laughs> it's called life for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you for coming no, of course. on. Thanks for having it's, me. Yeah. It's been an honor and I'm just glad we got to reconnect and, um, and then, you know, for people and myself to hear more about alopecia and, um, you know what it is, you know, it's not, uh, it doesn't define you or the person. It's just a condition of health, you know, just like I've had addiction problems. It doesn't define you. Um, so thank you for just being vulnerable and, you know, sharing your story and, um, just where you've gotten today. It's awesome to hear. And, um, glad we reconnected yeah me too this was so good thank um, you yeah and real quick before we do go since you are a um running coach and um if anyone does have you know alopecia and wants to become a pen pal how can people reach out to you or connect with you um and since you're a writer free you know how can people read what you write i want to you know help you and expose you there cool thank um, you and get some maybe some people not me who want to run you know some <laughs> some training going so we're gonna sign you up for a marathon i think that's, if you coach me i will i will happily be your own coach and have you do a marathon we'll, we'll start out with the 5k <laughs> and then 10k and yeah half marathon slowly marathon, build. 100 miler that could be we'll a talk goal. about it see there you go <laughs> oh, that could be a goal for 2023 2024 yeah there's there's so many good races um all right well i'll hold you you can help me um, so yeah uh social media i will say is like the probably like easiest way to get a hold of me um i have like all my pen pal information on there um you can also just email me at lhwalter3 at gmail.com um facebook instagram anything like that um yeah my story is also really out there it's really easy to just kind of google my name and see a bunch of stuff um so i'm like pretty easy to find (laughs) (laughs) that makes it easy then yeah and then i'll have um i'll put a post up with you and i so people can um find your instagram username tag whatever it's called (laughs) easy handle Handle. thank you thank you see i'm not good at social media like i said um 
But again, thank you. It's been an honor and yeah. look forward just to, you know, getting to know you even more. Yeah, um, it's been awesome. Yeah, thank you. God is good. So, yeah, so good. <laughs> um, well, y'all, thank y'all um, for tuning in this week and um, just hearing Lindsay's story. It's been an honor. And next week, as I said, we're having Jai, um, who uh, is a pastor, uh, evangelist and missionary in Ghana. And, uh, it'll be exciting to hear his story. He was a Hindu and now a Christian. Um, but just to hear his testimony, it's another, um, powerful story. So y'all stay tuned. Um, and if you have any questions you want to answer, if you want to connect, um, or even come on and share your story, uh, just shoot me an email, um, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com or um, a message on Instagram, Facebook, or shoot me a text if you have my number. Um, and then just send the podcast to whoever you think might need to hear it. Um, Cause that's the purpose of this podcast and this platform, just for others to know that they're not alone and everyone's got a story and something going on. Um, love y'all and thank y'all again. All right. Bye.